grace, how sweet sound that sing a wretch like me. You may be seated.
anybody here today? Um, man, that was awesome, man. All these people getting baptized and a band. And thank you guys. Thank you all the volunteers for coming out this morning. We're excited to see you here today. If this is your first time, like I've already said, we're so excited to have you here today. And uh, in just a moment, we're going to be in Ezekiel 37. We're going to get there in a second, not right now, but if you have a Bible, you can open up to Ezekiel 37. It's from your phone. You can turn that on, your mobile device, whatever. But but we'll be in Ezekiel 37, just a moment. Um, but um, I, was, I was thinking about this, what we're doing today, and, and uh, I was thinking about, uh, thinking about something. Let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer this out loud. Um, have you ever been asleep? Have you ever been asleep and, and something woke you up that freaked you out? Has that ever happened to you? Right? I mean, you're, I mean, you're, you're asleep, and, and you're sleeping really good, and then something happens Something wakes you up, and it just freaks you out. Has that ever happened to anybody in the room? I'll, t- I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you, that happens to, uh, that happens to me. Uh, I, have, uh, I have three kids, and, uh, and I used to sleep good before I had kids. Anybody in the room? Anybody? All the parents love it right there. We could end right now. Parents just loved it, right? I, I, used, to sl- I used to sleep good before I had kids, and, um, and I'm, not, I'm not bitter. I love my kids. You know, I mean, they're, they're for sale on eBay if you want them, but... Um, but, you know, I mean, I, mean, I love them. We're going to keep all three. We've thought about it. We're going to keep them all. But, um, but I used to sleep real good uh, before we had kids. And, uh, and my, my two oldest kids, my, my daughter Cassidy, she's seven. My son Seth, he's, uh, he's six. And uh, my two oldest kids are, are really good. They are world-class professionals at waking me up in such a way that absolutely scares the snot out of me. I don't know if they teach kids this in school now, but, but I don't know where they're picking this up, but they're just really good at waking me up in such a way that it just absolutely scares me. Um, and, and, I sh- and I should also say, before I tell you what they, what they like to do, uh, I, sh- I should also say, uh, I'm sort of scared of little kids anyway. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I mean, I've seen enough horror movies to know that there's nothing freakier in the world than a little kid. You know what I mean? You know, I see dead people. You know, I, I that's a little kid. So, I, so every time I, you know, I'm walking around my house, my kids, I'm always like this. Just, just, I'm just waiting for something crazy to happen. But here's what my kids like to do. My kids uh, like to wake up. You know, something scares them. They might have a bad dream. They hear something, whatever it is. You know, it usually happens 3 in the morning. 3 in the morning, the house is pitch black, and we're sleeping. Nobody is moving in the house. I mean, if you're moving at 3 a.m., you should probably be shot. Nobody is moving in the house. And something wakes my kids up. They get scared. And so they walk into my room. Look into my wife, in my wife and I, our bedroom. The lights are off. It is pitch black in the room. And they open the door very quietly. And then they close the door behind them very quietly. So now, there's my wife and I. We are asleep in our bed, and there is another person in the room, and we do not know it. And so here's what they do. They like to walk over to my side of the bed. And, I've, and they've told me that they do this, but I've also sort of sensed that this is happening too. Here I am sleeping, and my son or my daughter, this is what they'll do. They'll lean in real close and just watch me sleep for a while. Shady, right? I told you. This is insane. And so, they're just watching me sleep, thinking about how they're going to kill me one day. I'm sure, I'm sure. And eventually I hear this. Eventually I hear this. They're watching me sleep, and eventually I hear this. Daddy. I mean, I just peed a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. Are you serious? That's what you're going to do to me. Right? Daddy. I am up. I am ready to run a couple miles. I'm, I'm I'm ready for the day. I am up and ready now, right? I mean, I mean, I was asleep, but instantly I'm awake. Instantly I'm awake. You know, if you took a dictionary and uh, and you look up the word awakening. You look up the word awakening, uh, what you'll see in the dictionary is that the word awakening means to suddenly become awake. It's, it's to suddenly become aware of something. It's that there was no hope and then suddenly there is hope. It's that things were dead and then suddenly things are brought to life. It's just, just in a moment, just suddenly something happens. You're, you're aware of something that maybe you weren't aware of a moment ago. Just suddenly to become awake. And you know what? There's, 
there's a lot of people in the room today. I mean, there's a good crowd, and I don't know a lot of you here today. But I bet I could take a guess that there's a lot of people in the room that you look at your life right now and that you wish you had an awakening in your life. I bet there's a lot of people in the room and you look at your life, maybe your situation where you're at, and you wish that you could have some kind of awakening in your life. You're wishing that you could have some kind of awakening in your marriage. You walked into the marriage and you had a lot of dreams and hopes for the marriage, but it's dead. I mean, you're faking it and everybody else thinks that you guys are doing great, but you know maybe in six months one of you is going to hit the eject button. And you're just wishing that, that there'd be an awakening to save it. Maybe you're here today and, and you're in the grip of this addiction that's just destroying you, it's destroying your family, it's destroying your life, and you wish that some awakening would come and you would be free from that addiction. Maybe you feel like you need an awakening in your life because you thought that at this stage where you're at right now, you thought you'd be somewhere different. In fact, you've got, you've got friends that are, that are your age, and they're far beyond where even you thought you would be at this age. And you look at them, and you thought that you would be in a different place right now. You had a lot of dreams, you had a lot of hopes, and those things are dying. You just wish that you could have some kind of awakening. You, you, might even, you might even be here today, and you already know. You know that you need some kind of spiritual awakening. Maybe you don't have a church background or whatever, and you don't know, you don't, maybe you don't know the, the, the lingo, the language to throw on it, but you just know, you sense that you need some kind of spiritual awakening in your life. You might be here, and you, 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 you just look at your life, and you feel like there's no hope. You've made too many bad decisions. You've made too many bad moves and wrong choices. Other people have told you there's no way that that can be fixed, and you've started to believe it too. Or maybe you're here today because somebody invited you, you know, that person's been inviting you, inviting you, inviting you, and you came with them today just to get them off your back because they're getting on your nerves. It's okay, I understand, right? You know? But if you're honest, you know you've seen something different in their life. And deep down, you wish the same thing could happen to you. See, I don't know a lot of you, we've already said that, I don't know a lot of you, but here's what I know. Everybody needs an awakening. Everybody needs an awakening in their life. And so what I want to do today, I want to just look for a few minutes at, at, at a place in the Bible where it looked like everything was over. I mean, it looked like there was no hope whatsoever. It couldn't be fixed. And God brought an awakening. I mean, it looked hopeless, but all of a sudden, God brought an awakening. And I want us to look at that from Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37 is where we're going to be in just a few moments. And if you don't have a Bible, the words are going to be up on the screen behind me, so you can relax if you don't have one. Um, and if you don't own a Bible at all, we've got free Bibles in the back for you today. You just take one. Maybe you've got a Bible you don't understand, and just take one of those in the back. But, um, but we're going to read something out of Ezekiel 37 today. And before we read it, here's what I think I need to say. Um, this is real weird, okay? What, what we're about to read is really, really weird. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people here today, and I don't want to assume that you've got a church background. I don't want to assume that maybe you grew up in church or you know the Bible. I mean, I didn't grow up in church at all. I didn't know anything about the Bible until I met Jesus Christ at 18. And so, man, I, so if that's where you're at today, maybe you, don't, maybe you don't even believe in God. Hey, listen, that's cool. I'm glad you're here because I used to, I used to not believe in God too. So, look, if you've got questions, you're, you're searching, you're still on the journey, that's great because we want to have that conversation. But I just want to acknowledge before we read this, this is real weird, what we're about to read. And, and I can't speak for everybody here, but what we're about to read, I believe that it really happened. And, and the reason that I believe that it really happened is because Jesus Christ, who came 2,000 years ago, he came to earth and he died for sin and three days later Jesus came back from the dead Jesus believed this event really happened Jesus spoke about this event and said that it really happened and so in my book if you die and you come back from the dead you're I'm on your team bro you win all right I, I, so I'm I, my Jesus flag is flying hard this morning and so because Jesus believed this I believe this too all right you might not believe it that's fine but I just wanted to acknowledge it's a little weird all right, this is in the book of Ezekiel. This is the prophet Ezekiel. And let's just start reading here and watch what happens. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me. Me is Ezekiel. Was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. 
See, God brings the prophet Ezekiel out into this big, huge valley. There had been a war there. And, and thousands of men had died in the battle. Well, after the battle, all these dead people are just laying there. They just leave their bodies, and their bones are just laying there. They just leave their bodies. So God brings Ezekiel into this valley, and there's all these dry bones. And God says to Ezekiel, it was full of dry bones, and he led me among, around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And so God shows him around, and God says, hey, Ezekiel, you think I can make these things come back to life? And I love what Ezekiel says. It's stuff like this that makes me know the Bible is true. I love what he says. He says, and I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. Which means, <laughs> I've got no clue, God. This freaks me out. That's what that means. I have no idea. I have no idea if you can pull this off, but I'm, I'm freaking out right now. And so God just says to him, then he said to me, prophesy over these bones. Preach to them. Preach to these bones. Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, watch this. As I pra- he's preaching. As I prophesied, preached, there was a sound. And behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, and the hip bone was connected to the leg bone, and the leg bone connected to the... You get the picture. Um, and I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. So all of a sudden, this is crazy. It's like night of the living dead in front of Ezekiel, just a horde of zombies in front of him. These things, there was bones, and now all of a sudden, there they are, and they have, they're covered with flesh, but they're still not alive. As wild as that is, God says to him, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. So God brings Ezekiel into this valley and is filled with dry bones. And God says, hey, why don't you start preaching to these bones and watch what I can do. And Ezekiel begins to preach. And then all of a sudden, he hears this sound and the bones begin to come together. And there they are, they're standing in front of him, but they don't have breath in their lungs yet. And God says, hey, why don't you preach to the breath and tell, tell the breath to fill them. And Ezekiel does it. And all of a sudden, what was dead instantly comes back to life. All of a sudden, there's this army of thousands of people who were dead. Their bones were all over the place a few moments ago. Now they're standing in front of Ezekiel. I told you this is weird. I told you this was weird, right? I just told you. I mean, it's kind of crazy. And see, you might be here and you're hearing that and you're thinking, I don't believe that. And stuff like that, I don't believe the Bible. Stuff like that that makes me think all oh, this stuff's a myth, a fairy tale. I don't believe that. You might not believe it. You might not believe it. I don't know where you're at today. But see, it's what God says next that really helps us to get to the heart of the matter because regardless of where you're at, you believe it, you don't, you're a Christian, you're not, it doesn't matter where you're at today. God's going to tell us next why he did this. And even if you're here, you don't believe what we just read happened, I bet deep down, you wish what we're about to read would happen to you. So God says in verse 11, then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel, meaning these are God's people, these are my people. This represents my people. I'm teaching you something. These are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. See, what's happened to God's people is that they've been cut off from where they believe that God really wants them to be. They feel like there's no hope. They feel like their situation is hopeless, like it's all over. And so God says, I'm trying to teach you a bigger lesson. It's not about the bones that I've brought to life. It's that I can bring awakening where it looks like it's all dead. I can bring hope where it looks like there shouldn't be any. I could change your situation. Doesn't matter where you're at, some of you, you wish with all you had that that's true. And God says, I can do it. 
And so God goes on and he finishes this and we'll finish up reading it. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. See, God brings an awakening where it looks like there was no possible way that anybody could have hope and it looks like all these bones are dead and then all of a sudden God brings them back to life. Maybe you're here today and you look at your life and you wish that you could have that kind of awakening. You wish that God could step on the scene of your life and change everything to bring what you think is dead back to life and to give hope where you think there is no hope. And I just took the stage today to tell you that it can happen. It can happen for you today. I don't need to know where you're at. I don't need to know who you are to look every person here in the eye and say that God has the ability to step on the scene of your life regardless of your situation and change everything. And so maybe you're thinking, all right, well, how? How can I have that kind of awakening in my life? Two things, two things need to happen. Two things need to happen for you to have that kind of awakening in your life. The first one, you need to be honest about your situation. You need to be honest about your situation. See, Ezekiel is in front of a valley of dry bones, and man, there's just no way to make that look pretty. There's no way to dress that up and make it sound any better than it really is. It's a bad situation. And see, our situation is just as bad. Uh, there's a book in the Bible that's called Romans. In Romans 3.23, Romans 3.23 uh, says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Do you know what all means? It, it means all. Some of you are like, man, I hate church. They ask hard questions. It's, it's, it's all. Like all is all. It's all we got, man. It's, it just All means all, right? It, it means everybody. Everybody has sinned. I've sinned. You've sinned. Everybody has sinned. So, so what's sin? What's sin? Well, a couple, of ways, a couple of different ways you can think about it. Sin is doing things God says not to do. Like what? Like murder. Okay? Mur God's not big on murder. If you're doing that, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Just stop it. All right? right? Mur or, or lying. Lying. Anybody in here ever lied before? Anybody raise your hand if you've lied before? Some of you are not raising your hands. You're lying right now. You're lying right now, and it's good that you're here. See? That's sin. It's doing what God says not to do. That's, that's sin. But see, there's another way that you can think about it too. Sin is also living for things other than God. See, the Bible tells us that God created us to, to know Him, to have a relationship with Him. And what God's done in every single person is God's put a void in every person that only He can fill. And, but because of sin, what sin does, sin separates us from God so that we try to fill that void with other things. So instead of filling that void with the one thing that will fill that void and satisfy that void, Jesus Christ, you and I, we try to fill that void with all kinds of other stuff that maybe satisfies for a little bit, but in the end still leaves us empty. So, so we, try to, we try to fill that void with a relationship, you know? Oh man, if, if I could get that guy or if I could get that girl, if I could be in that relationship, they would complete me, Jerry Maguire. Hello, right? You know? Oh, man, my, my life would be great if I could get somebody like that, if I could marry somebody like that, if I could be with somebody like that, and then all of a sudden you're with them. Six months later, you find out your friends were right. They're a loser, right? I mean, it satisfies for a little bit, but in the end, a couple months later, after the shine wears off and it's not as new, you're looking for something else. Or, or we try to fill that void with money. If I get more money... I'll be happy. If I get more money, then it'll give me the kind of life that I want. But the problem is that you get all that money, and then you want more what? Money. See, you guys, you, you're tracking with this, right? You get that money, then you want more money, because all of a sudden the money that you thought that you could get that would fulfill and complete your life, you get it, and all of a sudden it's not what it was cracked up to be. You need more of it. Or houses. People do this with houses all the time. Oh, if I get that kind of house, we lived in that kind of neighborhood, it would make my life so much better. It would make our family so happy. That is what our lives need, that house. And you get that house. You get that house, you move into that house in the neighborhood, and, and all of a sudden your neighbor gets a bigger house. 
with a better yard and a nicer dog. That jerk. Right? And, and you're looking at that house and you're looking at his house and you're thinking, oh, you know what we need? We need a new house. This house, this house isn't cutting it. We need a better house. And on and on and on and on. We just try to fill that void with things that they satisfy for a little bit, but in the end it just leaves us empty. See, that's why in Romans 6.23 it says that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, meaning that sin always leads to disappointment. Sin always leads to a letdown. Sin always leads to more bad decision upon bad decision. It always leads to shame. It always leads to regret. And eventually, we die. And, and if we don't put Jesus in the place where He belongs in our lives, here's what's going to happen to all of us in the room. One day, we'll all die and stand in front of Jesus. And in that moment, if we don't give our lives to Him right here in this life, in that moment after we die, it's too late. Did you know that? Some people didn't know that. Some people think that after you die, God gets you in a corner and says, hey, you want to rethink this whole deal? You want another chance? Let's do the whole thing. Man, you need to make that decision right now, bro. Hell stinks. God's not going to do that. There, there is no second chance after you die. So when it says that sin, the wages of sin is death, we'll stand before Him one day, and if we just reject Him, we never give our lives to Him, eventually, when we stand in front of Him and we see Him, we'll realize... He's the thing that I should have given my life to. He's the thing that I miss. But in that moment, it's too late and we'll spend eternity in hell. Did he just say the H word? Right? Hell. Separated from God. See, I know that's heavy, but listen, sometimes the truth is heavy. And you need to know the truth. Separated from God. That's why right now is the opportunity. If you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never had an awakening where He enters into your life and changes everything, in just a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to have that awakening. But you need to know that's our situation. That's our situation. That's how bad our situation is. But see, here's what a lot of people do. A lot of people don't think it's that bad. You might be here and you don't think it's that bad. And see, when we give the wrong diagnosis, we give the wrong solutions. When we give the wrong diagnosis to our problem, we give bad solutions. Um, it kind of it reminds me, I was thinking about it this week, um, it reminds me of uh, the school nurse that I had in elementary school. Um, if you're the school nurse at the elementary school that I went to, I'm sorry, but you're about to be the victim of an illustration. I don't know, I just can't remember who it was. Um, but I remember the uh, school nurse where I went to elementary school. Uh, it, doesn't, it didn't matter what you went to the school nurse for. She always gave you a 7-up. Like, it doesn't matter what you went to the school nurse for. You knew you were getting the 7-up. Now, now, see, I just, need to, I just need to let you know. I've never been to medical school. I don't know the medical power of 7-up. Maybe you do. Let's have that conversation. But to me, it's 7-up. But it didn't matter what you went to the school nurse for, you were going to get a 7-Up. You go to the school nurse, oh, excuse me, Johnny just fell off the slide and broke his arm. Quick, put a 7-Up on it. Slap a 7-Up on that kid, right? Sally fell off the seesaw, her head's bleeding. She needs a 12-pack of 7-Up, stat. Slap a 7-Up on that kid's forehead, she'll be fine tomorrow. I mean, I mean, I was in elementary school, and there were times when I would think, you know what, I think I need more than a 7-Up. It's 7-Up. I think I need something else. See, but when you give the wrong diagnosis, you give bad solutions. So when we talk about stuff like this, maybe you give a solution like this. Oh, well, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Listen, and maybe you are a good person. I'm sure the room is filled with good people today. Maybe you're thinking, hey, hey you know what? I'm a good person. You compare me to Hitler, and I win. Right? Well, way to go. You know? I'm a good person. Listen, you might be a good person, but did you know your good is not good enough? Jesus died for good people. Your good's not good enough. Oh, or maybe, maybe you're here. Hey, you know what? Hey, you know what? I go to church all the time. I go to church. I'm all right. When I stand before God, I go to church all the time. I'm in church every Sunday. I'm fine. Listen, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Did you know that? It's like going to Taco Bell doesn't make you a taco. That would be awesome, by the way. That would be, I would be an awesome taco. But, but just because you're here doesn't mean that's true. Listen, we're having fun, we're laughing right now, but did you know that people who go to church every Sunday, 
Church people die every day and they go to hell. Because, they, because instead of trusting in Jesus, they trusted in their church attendance. They trusted in something that they've done. Oh, well, I prayed a prayer when I was five. Yeah, but you're 30. What's he doing in your life right now? Is there any evidence that you've met Jesus Christ in your life? See, that's the situation that we're in. And, and you need to be honest about your situation so that it can lead to number two, so that we can be honest about the solution. See, because if sin is our problem, then the solution is Jesus. If sin is our problem, then the solution is Jesus. That's why the rest of Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you see that? Do you see that verse on the screen? It doesn't say try harder. It doesn't say be perfect. It doesn't say clean up your act. You might have been to church before and that's what you've been taught or that's what you wrongly believe. It doesn't say that. It says that the free gift of God is eternal life. You know what a free gift is? It's a gift that somebody gives you because they bought it. You don't pay for it. You just receive it. See, Jesus... Jesus Christ loves you so much that 2,000 years ago, He left heaven and came to earth. And He was perfect and He lived in your place. And on a hill called Calvary, Jesus took everything you've ever done on Himself. He took everything you will ever do on Himself. He took everything that anybody has ever done to you on Himself. And He died for it so that you can be forgiven by God. And three days later, Jesus Christ awakened from the grave, came back from the dead, so that 2,000 years after that event, here you are in the forum, and today, Jesus Christ can step into the scene of your life, save you, give you a hope and a purpose, and completely change everything. That can happen for you today. But listen... See, I get this I have this. I have people say this to me all the time. How can that happen to me? I need to go clean myself off first, don't I? Wrong. You don't. If you and I could clean ourselves off first, then Jesus didn't need to die for us. What you do is you come to Jesus just as you are right now. It doesn't matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter if the smell of it is still on you doesn't matter what you did this week. doesn't matter what the baggage is that you're carrying. You come to Jesus just as you are, just as you are right there in that seat. And in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You just go to Him with everything that you are and confess with your mouth and you say, Jesus, I have sinned. I'm living for things other than you. Done what you've said not to do. And I am tired of filling my life with things that only leave me empty. And listen, that's where I, that's where I was. I'm not on this stage today because I've got it all together. I've got baggage. And listen, I've got baggage, and my baggage has baggage. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not up here today because I've figured it all out, because I've got it all together. I'm up here today because Jesus Christ brought an awakening into my life when I was 18 years old, and I can't get over it. And listen, listen, listen. Man, I, I didn't believe in God, and, and I, was into, I, was into the tip, I was into the stereotypical stuff, you know, drugs and all of that. Um... I just say all that to say that regardless of where you're at, today can be the day when God changes everything in your life. See, some of you are here and maybe you're looking at me and you're thinking, hey, you know what, I don't need that because I'm really religious. I've already done that. We've already talked about that a little bit this morning, but I find that's a huge stumbling block for a lot of people that I talk to over and over and over. Listen, if that's you today and you are depending on anything else other than Jesus Christ, to get you into heaven for when you stand before God, I love you enough to tell you, you got some bad hope. You got some bad hope. Because God is not impressed with your church attendance. Did you know that? 
Like right now, the sermon that I'm preaching, God is not impressed. I'm not going to go backstage after I preach this sermon and spike my Bible and say, did you see that, Jesus? What's up? And God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit up in heaven doing chest bumps. Yeah! That, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. I need Jesus on this stage in front of you right now more than I've ever needed him. But if your hope is in anything other than Jesus Christ, today is your opportunity to give your life to him and for him to make everything new in your life. See, if you're looking for purpose, you can have it today, and his name is Jesus. If you're looking for forgiveness, you can have it because Jesus bought it for you. If you're looking for a fresh start, a second chance, you can have it, and it's available for you right now. And all you need to do is right there where you sit, you just go to God in prayer, and you can say to him, God, I have sinned, Jesus, you died for my sin. I want to give you my life. I want to live for you. I'm tired of living for things smaller than you. You made me for you. Today, I want that awakening. Is that you today? Because today, if it is, right now I'm going to give you the opportunity to go to God and to have Him step into your life and an awakening change everything. Would you pray with me? Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, I thank you so much that 2,000 years ago you saw everything that we would ever do and you still loved us so much you said, I'm coming after them. I'm coming after them. And you left heaven and you died and you came back to life so that we could have an awakening. And Jesus, I pray for everybody that's here today. And I don't know where they've been. I don't know where they're at. But God, I know that there are people here today. What they need to do is they need to go to you for the very first time, Jesus. They don't need to leave and try to clean themselves off. They don't need to leave and think maybe they'll do it later. Right now, you are speaking to people. Right now, you are moving in people's hearts. Right now, Jesus, I believe that you are speaking to people in this room. And you are saying to them, it's time. It's time. Jesus, for the person who comes today and really they've been running from you, help them to see that freedom is only found in surrender. For the, for the person who's here today and they know that they need to begin that relationship with you, but they're afraid of what it means for them, help them to see that if they choose anything other than you, they're only going to be empty. They're only going to miss it. God, for the person who, who looks like they've got it all together on the outside, maybe they're really religious and they've got perfect church attendance and they're doing so many good things and they're banking on those good things. God, I pray that you would help them to see that even our righteousness is filthy rags before you. That everybody needs to come to the cross and give their life to Jesus Christ with every head bowed and with every eye closed. Is God saying that to you today? I believe that He is. I believe that there are people in this room right now and that's exactly what God is saying to you. I believe there are people in this room right now that God is saying to you, it's time. It's time for you to stop running. It's time for you to stop selling your life short. And it's time for you to come to me. And let me fill you with myself. Let me fill you with purpose. Let me forgive you. Let me make all things new. Maybe you're here and you know God's telling you that, but you're thinking, I'm going to mess up. And I want to say to you, you're right. Of course you are. But He loves you anyway. And He refuses to leave you once you give your life to Him. See, the beauty of having a relationship with Jesus is that He enters your life and begins to change you so that even when you mess up, He's right there. He's ready to take you back. You can go to Him and He'll change you and help you to grow out of that. Listen, don't let anything get in the way of you doing what God wants you to do today. Some of you are here and you're thinking, man, I need, I need to begin a relationship with Jesus. I need to ask God to forgive me for my sins, but I'm afraid of what other people will think about me. Listen, those people that you're afraid of, they might even be here with you today. They do not get last word over your life. You are not going to stand in front of your wife, your husband, or your friends after you die. You are going to stand in front of Jesus. 
And He is only going to ask you, what did you do with this opportunity? So what are you going to do with this opportunity? Are you going to take advantage of it? Say, I'm going I'm to take that step. I want an awakening in my life. If that's you, it can happen. And listen, I'm not making the promise to you that if you begin a relationship with Jesus today, all your problems go away. But I am making the promise to you that if you begin a relationship with Jesus, when problems come, you will never walk through them alone again. He refuses to leave you no matter what comes. And so today, if you want Jesus Christ to enter into your life, I'm going to pray a prayer. And right there where you sit, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Right there where you sit, you pray this prayer. This is between you and God. This is not you to me. This is not you to anybody else. Just right there where you're at, silently, you pray to God this prayer. You just go to God in prayer and say this. Dear Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Forgive me for my sin. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming back to life for me. I want to live for you. With every head bowed and with every eye closed, did you just pray that prayer? Did you just pray that prayer to ask Jesus Christ into your life? If you did, it's the greatest decision that you've ever made. And listen, I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I say three, if you just prayed that prayer, or maybe you didn't, but you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, you want God to forgive you for your sins, you want that awakening, I'm going to count to three, and as soon as I say three, I want you to raise your hand. Nobody is looking. It doesn't matter if they are. It doesn't matter if they're looking anyway, but nobody is. As soon as I say three, if you just prayed that prayer or you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, as soon as I say three, you raise your hand today. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. Right now. Keep those hands up. Raise them up really high. Raise them up really high. One, two. There's hands going up all over this room. Three. There's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Anybody else? Fourteen. Anybody else? Anybody else? You raise that hand. Fifteen. Anybody else? Anybody else? You are not alone today. You are not alone. Sixteen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Listen, here's what I want you to do. Nobody is looking around. Nobody is looking around. But listen, if you just raised your hand, if you just raised your hand, here's what I want you to do. See, Jesus never called us to do, never called us to follow Him privately. Calls us to follow Him publicly. Jesus didn't die for you in some back alley in Jerusalem. Jesus died for you on a hill in Calvary in front of everybody. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, here's what I want to ask you to do. If you just raised your hand, or you didn't raise your hand, but you still want to begin a relationship with Jesus, I want you right now to stand up and go to the back of the auditorium. There's tons of people right there. We want to talk to you about the decision you just made. If you just raised your hand, get up right now and go to the back. You bring people with you. People are moving right now. People are moving right now. You go ahead and go. If you just raised your hand, go ahead. Let's do it. Bring people with you. Summit, if you've got somebody with you that just raised their hand, you walk back there with them, but people are moving right now. Go ahead and go. Listen, don't get to your car and wish that you would have done it. You do it right now. People are moving. Let's go. Let's go. You get up and go right now. You're scared to do it? Hey, ask the person next to you to go because they'll go. You go. People are moving right now. Listen, I'm telling you, you go. You are not doing this alone today. You get up and you go right now. Get up and you go. Even if you didn't raise your hand, but you still want to talk to somebody, get up and go right now. Get up and go right now. Get up and go right now. Don't, don't you let something talk you out of this opportunity. This is the biggest opportunity you'll have in your life. Right here. Right here. Listen, heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed. People are still walking back there. You go ahead and do that. But here's what I know. Somebody in the room is thinking this. I'll do that later. I'll do that later. Who told you there was a later? Listen, there are people all over the world today that have, their, their day planner is filled, but death never schedules an appointment. It always interrupts. Who told you there was a later? What if this is your opportunity? If this is your opportunity, listen, I don't want to close it before 
before time. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, you want to talk to somebody about it, you raise your hand, you get up and you go to the back right now. Anybody else? Anybody else? You get up and make that move right now. God, I thank you for what you are doing right now. I thank you for the decisions that are being made. I thank you for for salvation and for forgiveness. God, I thank you for awakening. I thank you for awakening that you can step into the scene of our life and change it all. And that's what we've seen today. That's what we celebrate today. But I know there's still people in the seats that need it. And so, God, I pray that before we leave today, if there's somebody here today that's never given their life to you, that they would would talk to somebody about it, that they wouldn't let this moment slip them by. Father, we give you all praise and all glory for what happened here today in this room. God, and we're just getting started. We are just getting started. God, continue to do a work of awakening. Father, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, let's celebrate what God just did. Let's get pumped. Let's get fired up. Let's get excited because we just saw at least 16 hands go up and make decisions for Jesus Christ for the very first time. Now, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. Uh, John, you go ahead and keep playing, bro. Um, Right now, right now is a perfect time. Uh, When you came in today, you were given a connection card. And and this is a time we always ask everybody right at this point in the service, would you take the connection card that you have and flip that over? And indicate any decision that you made on that card. Some of you, uh, maybe you raised your hand to give your life to Jesus. You didn't go back. Would you just check the box on the back of that card that said, I gave my life to Christ. Go ahead and just check that box so that we can get in touch with you. Because, because listen, listen, uh, you, you didn't finish something today. You didn't finish the race, man. You just jumped out of the starting block today. You know what I'm saying? You just jumped out the starting block. And so, so we want to help you. Uh, in the journey, because to be honest, we're all in the journey too. We haven't arrived. So, so right now, everybody in the room, just go ahead and take that card and flip that over and, um, and indicate any decision that you made today on the back of that card. Anything at all. Any way we can pray for you, just go ahead and let us know about that, okay? Right now. Hey, hey, hey Summit, has this been good today? Has this been all? Man, this is worth it. This is worth it. This is worth it. Um, hey, uh, our band's going to play us out today. Let me just say a couple things before we let you go. Uh, this, this, uh, this, this week is the Black Gold Festival. Woo! Fired up, baby. Loving the Black Gold. Oh, man. Hey, but no kidding, the Black Gold is one of our biggest outreaches that we do uh, all year. There are people, you are in the room right now, and you, God brought you here and saved you. Uh, because we get, and one of the things he used at first was we gave you an invite card last year at the Black Gold. So we're doing the same deal this year. Um, but, but if you want to help out with that, if you want to help out with that on the back of your connection card, uh, just check the box that says, I want to help out with that. And in just a moment, when everybody leaves, we've already got guest service volunteers uh, that are ready to receive those connection cards for you. Just drop that in the basket. If you're a first-time guest with us today, we're super juiced. Now you came. In fact, we have a free gift for you. Every first-time guest in the room, we got a free gift for you out there in the lobby to the right. we got a free gift for you, so make sure you stop it. It's got T-shirts, all kinds of stuff on it. And listen, love you guys. Awakening, part two, the next part of it is next Sunday. Let's invite, let's bring, let's do whatever it takes to get people here. Hey, next week we're baptizing more people too, so maybe if you need to get baptized, check that box and let's pull the trigger on that next week, all right? Hey, love you guys. Let's stand. Our band is playing us out this morning. They'll dismiss us in just a moment. Love you guys. See you next Sunday, all right? And the summer band is playing Friday at the Black Gold, 5 o'clock. I'd like to see everybody there. Here we go. Sing us out. Faithfulness, O oh God, you wrestle with the sinner's heart.
you lead us by still waters and to mercy and nothing can keep us apart and so remember your people remember your children your promise, oh God. Your grace is enough. Sing with us. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. One more time. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. Praise the Lord for that. We'll see you next week. Your love and justice, God. You use the weak to lead the strong. You lead us in the song of your salvation. And all your people sing along. And so remember your people. Remember your children. Remember your promise, oh God. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. And so remember your people, remember your children, remember your promise, oh God. Your grace is enough, your grace is enough, your grace is enough for me. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. For me. Yeah.